don't have internet. This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know. What's up everybody, welcome to a very special Only Friends podcast. Today, we turn 50. What? Wow. We did it. We did it. We reached the uh, we reached the halfway point. This is our fiftieth episode. Chip. So appropriate. Fiftieth fucking episode. <laughs> if we did one per week, we'd be at a year. Yeah, except Years worth of episodes. Just we don't that. do one per right, week. Very true. <laughs> We're out here in the grind. And in honor of reaching our half centennial, is that is that how it works? Bicentennial is two. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So so what what are, what are we here? <laughs> Anyway, in, in honor of reaching our midlife crisis, uh, today we are going to talk about all things Underworld. Introduce us properly, Berkey. I don't have a good dark side intro, man. I, I don't have a good... I, I tried to come up with... I'm so light side. No, you're not. I'm so Luke Skywalker in this, uh, in this analogy. Let's have a truce. Bro. I, I don't know what you're doing. Truce us. I don't, know what's, I don't know what's happening. You can just pretend to shake my hand. It looks like it in the camera anyway. Well, um, we're happy to be here. We, well, I'm not. I represent them. I'm, I'm not happy to be here at I always all. speak for the people. I'm the devil's advocate. You, you're just the devil. <laughs> all right. Well, the people you speak for, no one wants to fucking hear from. Yo, my man literally had nobody in his photo. That shit was fucked up. That was funny. That shit was fucked up. That was funny. There's he could have at least hired some props. There, there's, another good, there, there's another good photo of him just sitting alone at the table. Um, it, it's so funny, like, the way we manipulate a narrative through, through imagery. Mm. I'm sure that this was just, like, something where, I mean, for the most part, uh, I played my day two in, in uh, that portion of Bally's or whatever. Yeah. And the room was just largely empty. There wasn't anybody over there because the 3K was not uh, spilling over into oh, Bally's. So you think there was just a bunch of people that just, like, I don't think anyone wanted, was there at all. Wanted to be in the photo, but no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. Like he has no friends. That's clear. <laughs> but, but I guess like what I'm saying is that uh, that that photo of him sitting alone at the table, if he were the hero we deserved, could be romanticized into like similar to when Big Ben was sitting alone on the bench after his last game, kind of weeping. Type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, it could easily be spun into this romantic shot of uh, a, a young unknown player winning his first bracelet. Is it even his first? I don't know. Don't I don't care, care either. Uh, <laughs> but instead, you know, we're, we're dark side now, so it it now becomes a uh, a figure creeping out of the shadows. One for the dark side already on his lonesome. I'm not happy to be here, man. I got fucked. I got absolutely horse fucked yesterday. <laughs> I show up, I'm top 10 in chips, and then I have one big blind. That's miserable. You got kings? Yeah, bro. I had kings twice yesterday. I exited both tournaments on them. I had aces once. I exited the tournament on that. Uh, I, I actually didn't exit the six max on kings. Um, I left myself with eight tenths of a big blind. Going into the small blind. Uh, so what ended up happening was uh, I lost a few pots. 
went from like 75 blinds down to like, I don't know, 62, something along those lines. And uh, button opens somewhat large, but we're deep, so it's fine. Opens yeah. two and a half. I three bet the kings to nine. Yeah. He four bets to a very awkward size. It was like 25 and a half. I was just like, oh, look, I found queens. And I slam her home. And he beats me in. Well, actually, you know what really happened? What? He didn't beat me in. Oh, no. This is when you know you're, this is how you know your horse fucked. You smash it home with kings, and right as you're about to put a smile on your face, he gives the look back. Oh, <laughs> God damn sure it. It's not ace four. God damn. God damn it. And to be fair, like, he chose such an awkward sizing. I did only expect to, uh, I, I, like, fully expected that almost always he was going to snap fold. Mm. But, you know, that snap fold is just going to contain an ace a lot, so this makes a lot of sense to just shove. Instead, I got the look back, and my heart just goes, we're out. I wish, <laughs> I wish uh, the dark side people did the interviews. Why? Because at least they're not scared. Like, yeah, I'm here. What's up? Yeah, but like, what do you ask them? What do they say? That's not I, my job to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking do, I don't know. Stand up for me, please. Like, do that. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I, don't think, I don't think they ever incriminate themselves. Like, the exact no, opposite, man. Talk. No, they're, they're super silent. What do you mean? They just don't say a word for months and then say they're going to donate half their winnings to St. Jude. <laughs> what, what, are, what are we talking about here, man? Yo, but the guy that won yesterday, he ain't donating shit. No, he's not. <laughs> he's, I think he's sharper between the two. He's just leaning in. Like, fuck it. I made all my money one way. Uh, I'm not embarrassed by it in any way, shape, or form. They're going to continue to let me play. So I'm going to unapologetically show up to these high buy-ins, win fucking money, until you guys kick me out of here. True. They're not going to kick him out. That's clear. Is it clear? What's, what's you, what do you think the vibe is? Uh, you, you, had, you haven't got to play with them, right? No, nah, Ali busted me for the fucking 25K. But what's the vibe? Tell us the vibe. Bro, he's a ghost. He's sitting there... <laughs> As small as possible in his chair with his headphones on, making eye contact with no one but the dealer. Wow. Like, but the thing is, is it doesn't strike me as him being embarrassed. Like, I don't think that he is. But Snake doesn't, doesn't strike me as that person. Like, he grills people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, Not, so Snake is less pussy than, than the other one. Uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't. Here's pussy. the thing. At the end of the day, they're really good fucking poker players. They're they're the best. Right. So it's like, I think for them, it's just business as usual. Like I don't think they give a fuck. I mean, maybe to some degree they care about what their public image is, but in a general sense, like when it comes to showing up to work, making your your EV, I don't think they give a fuck. Like, not one bit of it. And. To, to double down on that, I think that the community as a whole probably isn't pressing mm. uh, them in general, but definitely not Jake. Because Jake's not playing smaller buy-ins. Right. Right? So, like, Ali got hammered in the 08, whatever it was, with Deeb and a couple others at the table. Right. Where they were literally openly talking about him while he was at the table. That's awesome. And he just, like, had headphones on and just drowned it out. Or maybe he listened to the whole thing. Who knows? Right? But, like... He's putting himself into uh, a more hostile environment. Lines down a little bit. Yeah. Where it's like Jake's just playing 25Ks and 50Ks. And as 
much as I'm sure his uh, peers and opponents loathe everything about what he's done. I'm sure a lot of their closets aren't clean. And I also just know a lot of them to be just overly respectful. Yeah. Like, could you ever imagine Chewy? No. <laughs> like, like mean mugging Jake. <laughs> right, you have a lot of people like Dylan Lynn. Like, they, these guys, they're like nice guys, you know? Like, yeah. So, well, I mean, just like look at the final table yesterday. It was, it was Peters, Chewy, right. uh, Shannon Shore. Like, these guys are really nice guys. Yeah, but Shannon Shore might slap a dude. I, I, I kind of feel <laughs> that. I have that vibe from him. Like, I feel like he, he got into a baseball fight one time. Right? In Alabama, like like some dude tried to like hit his hit his friend, you know, at the batter's box, and he just came and just clocked the dude one time, just one time, Shannon. Like that's all we need. That happened. That, I mean, I don't know if it happened to Shannon, but that happens a lot. That's what I'm saying. Shannon, my, Shannon, Shannon strikes me as a dude like if you hit my pitcher in the box, dude, like we're gonna we're gonna fight. Like you know, he was part of National League. So. I, I have I have two stories of this happening. So uh, my senior year in high school, we were playing our rival, and we blew him out. Yeah. Uh, on their field, we ten run them and made them walk off. And afterwards, the press was interviewing myself and my best friend, Gumby. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of their scrubs, like bench riders, was cleaning up the field and like picking up the bases and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he's just running his mouth the whole time through the interview. We don't care. Like, we mop them. Right. But our scrubs are like... (laughs) Yeah, they're trying to they're trying, they're, they're trying to defend yeah they're, they're they're puffing their chest a little bit you know they're like don't talk to my mans like that yeah so they start barking back and forth and the next thing we know we have our back to the field and one of them like starts to rush we had a catcher who was like he was the center for our basketball team also who's like Damn. six eight <laughs> six nine lanky ass white dude like 190 pounds but okay. he was the type of kid that scrapped. Yeah. Like, he grew up fighting, you know? And, and I guess, like, when... I didn't really see it unfold until it happened, right? But, like, this kid was, like, coming at us. And he just comes out of the dugout and just, like, throws a full-blown wow. haymaker. Those hurt, dude. And just buries this kid. Next thing we know, like... The bench is clear. Yeah. Well, they were like, we're no benches because we're all meandering, over. right? But the next thing you know, it looks like a cartoon where, like... You know that 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 like scuffle comes together and just a dust pile comes up. So they, they broke. So we get into this fight, uh, which was barely a fight, but there were definitely punches thrown. Like people, there were a couple kids who like got fucked up. Like the yeah. catcher ended up with knot on his head. Yeah, knots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, we we like scurried off to the bus or whatever. And I remember getting on the bus and uh, our our coach gets on. And we, we just obviously thought he was going to be pissed, but he saw the whole thing unfold and he just, he was this big fat dude. He, he, uh, he used to be a catcher himself. Like he actually had a shot at the show or whatever. And he gets on, he had this gruffy voice. He goes, boys, that's how you take care of business on and off the field. Yo, why, why, why are catchers so gangster? Like catchers are always like the one that want them. They're, the, they lead, want, they're, they're they, the leaders, man. They like, want the fucking action, bro. They're, sure. they're the guys in the football. Well, it's not even that. They're they're the they're the general. You know what I mean? Like they're calling the game. They're controlling everything, but they're also offensively usually the least important person on the team. Yeah. So it's like they're they're that gritty, grimy. Yeah. They're they're the equivalent of a lineman in mm-hmm. football. You know, you have to just show a ton of respect to the guy who's getting out there and having his body beat up every single day, but offering nothing to you yeah. <laughs> offensively. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, like you think Mike Piazza was was. Was good. Oh yeah, 
he's one of the best ever. But like he he wasn't a natural catcher. Like he belonged. He belonged in like first he was base. he was athletic. He could have played almost any position. Yeah, yeah. He oh, first I shouldn't say that. But. I think. What's that? I play. I think he played first base. He did. He I moved, think they moved him there. That, that happens all the time when catchers start to age out, but they can still hit. Yeah. They just move them from uh, behind the plate to to first base or. What? Question for you. Go ahead. Um, do you have an arm wrestling match on the break of a three? I did. I broke even. <laughs> uh, I got wrecked right-handed, which I told him I would. Wait, who's this? Who who are you arm wrestling? Uh, Rampage's friend. Oh. Okay. Uh. <laughs> uh, I, it's very weird. We've, we've had plenty of conversations and I don't actually know his name. Um, but yeah, he asked me to arm wrestle my break and I go, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm old and fragile. And he goes, you'll kill me. And I'm like, I promise you I won't. And I'm left-handed. Uh, and he's like, well, I think you'll beat me both, but let's start right. I was like, okay, fine. And he mopped me right-handed. As soon as we locked, I could feel like the tension in my right elbow uh i i've like bursitis in both my my elbows just from like playing overhand sports and uh and well even just like lifting weights yeah uh so i could just immediately like feel the the tension yeah and i'm just like i'm i'm fucked i have weak (laughs) wrists to begin with like you win like we lock up and i go i'm fucked he goes you are i'm like yeah like i'm not gonna win this and then we go lefty and I gave him extra leverage. Like we did it on a poker table and he, he had his elbow on the rail and I had my elbow on the, on the thing. And as soon as we locked, I was like, Oh, you're fucked. <laughs> but not because I'm strong. He's just weak obviously left, very yeah. weak left-handed. Um, the second time that we got into a baseball fight, this, this one was actually more scary to me. Uh, I was in adult league during summer when I was 19. So I'm playing with a bunch of like 28 plus. Yeah year old guys uh the ages varied there were a few 24 25 year olds but like i was the only one still in college for sure in the entire league and again we were playing our rival and there were guys on this team that like had played in the show these these guys are like 38 but they had mlb experience uh well i struck one of them out and uh they they were just like fucking chirping and my shortstop this is actually kind of funny. So my shortstop played college ball where I played college ball also, but 10 years prior. Mm. <laughs> so like, he's just to, it, from a 19 year old's perspective, he's just a fucking old ass right, man. Right? right. But he had like set a few speed records, uh, for the team, like stolen bases, stuff like that. And man, he just has a fucking mouth about him. Right. So he's just running it and running it, and running it. Well, the next guy gets up, uh, there's a runner at first and I give up a single to him. Uh, to the right side and as as the the runner is rounding second base my shortstop says something to him and he just stops and swings oh <laughs> i'm like yo what the fuck uh and i'm like on the mound watching all this happen and the the on deck batter is like or, or the next hitter i guess is like in the box and as i turn around I see him just coming. With the bat. I'm like, oh no. Like, <laughs> I'd sign up for this. I don't have grown man strength yet. Like, we're about to do this. Yeah. So I like drop my glove. But again, catchers are the unsung yeah, heroes. They'll, they'll catch him. This yeah. fucking guy in full equipment just comes like from the first baseline. Cause like when you give up a single that way, they they, they go, go to back up yeah. the first baseman. Yeah. He comes from the first baseline. 
like a dart. I mean, he is a missile on a fucking mission. And he intercepts this guy. By the way, this guy was a big man. Like, 240, 250, easy. He intercepts him and spear tackles him like a safety who had nothing else on his mind but to separate this man from the ball. Just buries him into the fucking ground. So now all of a sudden, there's like 20 people engaged in a full-blown fist fight while I'm just standing there. <laughs> I can see that. I'm, I'm literally just like looking around watching this melee happen. Yo, you pussy dog. I didn't even know what to do. I, I literally had no idea how to get involved Go in this. Go the shortstop. No. No, he... He had his own thing going on, so it was him and his brother, and they had grown up in the in the town that we were playing in. So like there was like some deep seated fucking <laughs> hatred and <laughs> shit going on there. There was like all this underlying stuff that I knew nothing about. I was just like in the middle of it. I'm just like, okay. Uh, I didn't realize this actually happened in baseball. Yo, but who wants to fight the catcher, bro? This guy's Nobody. like straight up masked up. Yep. <laughs> you ain't winning that, bro. Like, it's like unfair. No one ever Yo, wants to ever, fight the catcher. You ever hit somebody on purpose with the ball? Yeah. Not very, very, very rarely. Um, to the point where like, there's two times in my career where I was told to hit somebody on purpose and I threw behind them on purpose. Oh, wow. Uh, cause like, I think it's, I think it's a cowardly when you throw, thing to When do. you throw behind them, it's always a fight though. Right? Yeah. It's, it's a message for yeah. sure. Um, but like, I, first of all, I worked the inner half of the plate a lot. Like I lived there. I didn't throw that hard. And the easiest way to appear like you're a harder throwing player right. is if you're able to, to jam, if you're up. really able to like work the inner half. Yeah. Uh, and I lived there. I lived mm -hmm. on the inner half. So the last thing I wanted to do, because I'm going to hit guys anyway, right? right. Like there's a, oh, only a small margin sense. of yeah. error. The last thing I want to do is get into a beanball war where it's like, I start purposefully doing this, right? Uh, but secondarily, or secondly, it's it's super cowardly. Like if a batter ever charged me with a fucking aluminum bat, yeah, that's crazy. I'm gonna call the police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's a goddamn weapon. One. You know, so it's like he's for, after me. Bernie's <laughs> literally not dark side. Like, okay. he's like, like I'm gonna call the police, bro. I'm just saying, man. That's a, that's a goddamn aluminum bat. That's a, that's what I got next to my bed in case somebody breaks into my fucking house. I was the asshole on the opposite side oh of this thing. God, I used to play like indoor soccer. So we were in basically in a hockey rink and with grass turf on the floor. And I was probably like 14, 15. And we just got our fucking asses whooped. And there was this one kid that was really good. And he scored a couple goals. And we were talking shit. At the end of the game, as soon as the buzzer goes off, I checked him so fucking hard into the boards that I actually felt bad afterwards. And yeah, you started but out I mean, a like, full brawl. But, like, that's a part of the game to some degree. Even if it's non-contact, like, light checking happens. And if you add an extra hit, like, whatever. Uh, and I guess you could say that, like, throwing at hitters is kind of a part of the game. But it's just... It, it's fucked up, right? It just shouldn't be. Like, it's, it's such an 80s mentality. It's like, I'm asking you to stand in there and trust that I'm going to throw the ball somewhere within the plate region. Yeah. And we're going to have this, like, fair uh, battle about us of... Either you can hit me or you can't, right? Yeah. And then every once in a while, like, I'm just mad, so fuck you. <laughs> Wear an 83-mile-an-hour fastball in the ass. But, like, if you hit somebody... So there are rules to this, right? Like, uh, I wish I would, I would have known this came up. This happened to Kutch, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, who used to play for the Pirates. Uh, this happened to him recently on the Phillies, where the... I, I, I think... Or, sorry, uh, he's on the Brewers now. So I think it was the Brewers versus Cubs, maybe? Uh, or maybe Marlins. I can't remember. But anyway... Um, 
something had happened where uh, the beanball war had started, basically. So somebody got thrown at, the other team retaliated, and now Kutch came up as an old veteran, knowing full and well mm-hmm. that he was going to wear one. That, that's the other thing, too. It's like, uh, the only thing that makes it okay to throw at hitters is like situations where they are 100% certain that they're getting thrown at, and now there's this like code of conduct that you operate under. And the code of conduct is like, you aim for their ass, mm. right? Like, you hit them in a soft spot where it's not really going to bother them. You don't them. go for their head. No, yeah. Like, you aim for the ass. You aim for, like, the middle of their back. Like, areas that they can, they can handle it. You don't go for ribs. You don't go for wrists. You don't go for head. Uh, th- things like that. So, this pitcher, and I can relate, man. My best guess is, like, he just didn't want to hit him. So, he throws in. Uh, he throws in on the first pitch and actually throws a strike, I think. Mm. And then he comes in further and Kutch is like kind of like jawing at him, like, just fucking do it already. <laughs> so it ends up taking like five attempts. And I think he actually had him in like a 2 2 count or something odd where it's like, it's not clear if they're actually doing this or not. And then he finally hits him. And uh, Kutch reacts in a way where he's just like calling him a pussy, basically, yeah. for, for taking so long. Um, but. But yeah, I was I was never the guy. Like twice, I was told to hit a guy, and I didn't. I just threw behind him. But we had this kid on my team uh, who was two years younger than me, one class below me because I, I redshirted a year, and he came in and he was just full of piss and vinegar. His brother was the catcher. Uh, he was like this star pitcher coming out of McDowell High School in Erie, PA, and he just his freshman year, like he just wanted to announce to the league that like he couldn't be trifled with. And he just fucking hit everybody. Like, for no reason. Like, he'd just start a game off by, like, plugging their number one guy. And it's like, what do you do? And then it got to a point where, like, he would headhunt. And we had to, like, sit him down. Because we're constantly getting into fights on his behalf. And it's like, bro, one of these days, we're just going to let him come after you. Because, like, you fucking deserve it. Like, you're That's such a prick. Great. That's what we need to do to the snake. Baseball's on dark side, too. Yeah, that's just mad dark. I sent you a clip the other day. They all cheating. Yeah, they are. Fucking pitchers. Every single team. They dirty, bro. Them pitchers are dirty as fuck. Baseball. (laughs) Yeah. Baseball and poker have a lot of similarities. Because the thing is, is that, like, as we know more, as technology advances more, and as we understand the game more, there are just finer ways to cheat. Bro, they're talking about they're hiring scientists, bro. The teams are hiring scientists to create the new fucking shit. What's I that mean, shit called? The gook. Uh, there, there's a ton of stuff. Yeah. Sticky. It, but yeah. The sticky. The new sticky, bro. They got the new sticky on. Yeah. First they were injecting shit in their ass, and now they got scientists Not doing first. It. They're still doing that shit. <laughs> Banging trash cans and shit. The science is just getting better with, with things like HGH anyway, and stuff like that. Back but, to yeah, but I mean, like, the same thing's happening in poker. Yeah. How on earth are we not hiring data analysts? Right? It's like, we, we, we're just arrogant. That's all. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. We... we judge the nfl all the time where it's like oh they're not cho- choosing the highest ev decisions yada yada how do they not have a guy on staff well it's mm-hmm. like how the fuck do we not have guys on staff yeah there are billions of hands floating around the internet we could get haralabob to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> haralabob please clean up this cheating bro <laughs> i wonder hmm i wonder if that is uh some sort of path to redemption for online like there's a lot of mass data analysis taking place, right? So mm-hmm. all these hands can be purchased anyway. Mm-hmm. What's stopping GG, for instance, from just purchasing all of Star's NL 500 hands? That's interesting. And then like running them through a database, looking for inconsistencies, and yeah. then trying to utilize that to compare to their own. 
It's good. That's a good point. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much of the stuff is taking yeah. place, but it just seems like the more data that I would love accrues, to have one of these like GG stars parties, security guys just like talk to us. They just never will. I know they never will, but like maybe they retire and they talk to us. Yeah. That's fair. I didn't. One of them guys have to. I met a guy. I met a guy who uh, I bumped into him at at Bally's. Uh, He said that he used to work for GG Security. Yeah. But I don't think he'll talk on the record about anything. We'll take off record. Yeah, that's true. We'll take allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly Allegedly speaking. All right, let's get to some shits. All right. So a few things uh, went down yesterday. First was a little, a little light side. Somebody stole something? No, let's show the good faith actors out there. No, they stole it and then I gave it back. That's not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Alex Livingston uh, had his bracelet ceremony yesterday. And shortly thereafter, being a little bit absent-minded as we all are from time to time, he went to get coffee and just fucking forgot his bracelet. (laughs) He went to Nobu. Oh, did he? No, no, I don't no, know. He went to get coffee. No, he yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to cafe, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so he went, had himself a little brew. Just happened to watch. You know what? I understand. I've been there. Yeah, you've been there? I leave, well, not with <laughs> Not with he bracelet. bracelet? <laughs> He's got his bracelet. Not, Arizona. not with a bracelet. Left, you might have left your whoop somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what I leave everywhere is my ID. My ID, my credit card, that Bro, shit. Oh, that's worse. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Identity theft. I must, man, I'm, I'm probably on like they debit sold card that number shit to 15. some fucking Nigerians, bro. I, <laughs> wouldn't be shocked. Um, but a good Samaritan turned it into security or security found it on their own one way or the other. Anyway, he was able to recover the, the bracelet. Mm-hmm. A good feel-good story on this dark side Thursday. Let's give it up for the guy that returned it. Yeah, whoever, whoever that guy may be. Very nice of you. Very Christian's nice. not impressed. <laughs> not dark side. Christian would have nah, kept it. No, I wouldn't have kept it. I that definitely wouldn't have kept it. He would have kept it. I wouldn't have kept it. <laughs> Maybe I would have kept it if we get in a final table. Like, I would have been like, I got something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I would have given it. He's, he's, he's a super nice guy. Great player, too. Yeah. He deserved the bracelet for sure. I'm happy to see. It. Is that his, that's not his first, I don't think. I think it's his first. Definitely his first. Is it? I think it's yeah. his first. He's definitely just one. He's I thought just he plays got, mix. Yeah, he but no. A lot of his final tables are. From no limit stuff. Okay. So I know I mean, the main, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The main, um, but then also uh the win, ten mil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then now this. So good for him, like finally getting like a nice W. Yeah. What's that like, man? It's a, it's elusive, man. It's elusive. Seems to be. Elusive. Young Landon's going for one today. <laughs> That's 70 bigs. It's not gonna matter, man. It's not gonna matter. Until the Dan's release the curse. Uh, it's not gonna matter. The Dan's have to allow it. I have faith. I think <laughs> Yeah, uh, you have faith, but I think the 3K no limit will be Landon Tice's first live WSOP main or WSOP uh final table. He doesn't have to win the first one. That's fine. You think he's in a final table? How many people left? I don't know. You want you want I don't care. You want to bet? Yeah, let me odds. I don't want to bet against the land, obviously. <laughs> lay me lay me a price uh i'm in there yeah well however the, i don't know man the field was really fucking good he's yeah. he's a, he's got to be a favorite in the field he's a favorite in all field sure maybe not the 25k though don't tell him i said that <laughs> what about heads up? <laughs> i'm fucking with him. but yeah i mean like you know he's got a lot of chips on a day too no good for him I, if he I stops running the aces he'll be in good shape or stops calling with ace queen high 
But anyway, <laughs> now you got to sometimes though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just does it. You know when you said sometimes he just does it a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's like, it. I blocked the deuce. <laughs> I'm like, the deuce? That's the one you're trying to block the deuce? <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. He had aces. <laughs> <laughs> but no, aces good, or nothing, man. Good, good for Alex. Uh, I'm glad he. I'm glad. I'm glad he won that one. All right, now that we got the the feel good moments out of the way, let's let's uh, let's get to some dark side shit. So an anonymous player, uh, unknown to the poker community. Very strange it happens these days in age. Uh, I thought everybody was pretty famous at this point. It happened but a lot. Absolutely crazy. Shadow creature, if you will. Wow, shadow Just creature. Creeps out of the, the darkness after finishing second in the... What was it in? 25K? Was it the 25K? Or was it 100K? No, I think it was 25K. I think you're right. <clears throat> it was 25K that you got second, right? Ooh. The dark, uh, the dark cast. The yeah, snake. yeah, yeah. He got second. Or... or yeah. Yeah, you got second. So second 25. in the 25K, wins the, wins the 50K outright. Nice seven-figure uptick. This is, the, this is what I was worried about, man. This is why I said we have to be diligent in, uh, and proactive in pushing these guys out. He's fucking rich. He's very, he's very rich. Yeah, he's, I mean, rich. he's won 2.1 million in the past week. Yeah. That sucks. That's fucking bullshit. That fucking sucks. <laughs> right? Like 2.1 million. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> We've never seen that shit again, though. No, of course not. Right. But, 2.2, actually. Here's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this from a standpoint of, like, I'm envious. Uh, I'm a little envious. Yeah, of course. Like, I would love to be able to compete for that, that, uh, that sort of prize pool on the regular. And I don't think that like I have anywhere near his edge in in those fields if I even have an edge at all. Uh, but that's that's not my my bigger point. My bigger point is that when we have pretty concrete knowledge that this skill set, uh, his bankroll, his ability to finance, all of that stuff was done by taking advantage of the community through unscrupulous edges, uh. allowing it to further continue is uh allowing it to not just fester but kind of feed it's encouraged what well it's it is encouraged, encouraged. It, it's definitely encouraged because like there's no penance and the rewards are insane yeah you, just, right? you get to play high rollers and you get to win 2.2 million in a week right yeah that that part you're it, it's it's definitely bad messaging from from yeah. that standpoint because like you're right it's heavily incentivized like i'll take those guys in those fields over people not cheating all fucking day. Of course. And it's not because they're cheating in the live realm. We know that they're probably not, or they're, they're almost certainly not, they with the exception of the rubbernecking. Uh, <laughs> but, but the skills that they've polished through years of, of utilizing RTA have really put them in a position to have a pretty big edge over a lot of fields. Whether it's a huge edge in the high rollers or not is debatable, but like they definitely have edge, right? What I'm saying uh, even to further that is... When we allow them to continue to earn mm -hmm. and in large chunks like this, not only does it incentivize future waves to crop up and mimic this behavior, yeah. but it gives them more resources to find better ways to skin this cat moving forward, sure. right? Sure. So we're just effectively allowing them to, to uh, shear the sheep company. over and over and over again rather than just accepting that they skinned it once and now moving on. Right. I, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I do understand because for the powers that be, it doesn't affect them directly. Right. Yeah. 
We were talking like about that, the right? head of WSOP, the head of, uh, you know, Poker Go, whatever the case may be. It, it doesn't directly impact their pockets because they're not competitors in the field. Yeah. They're not the ones sacrificing the EV for the darker side of, of, of things, right? Isn't there a marketing problem, though? Do we want to have that topic again? Like, yeah, of course, there's a fucking marketing problem. Right. Yeah, I mean, everything's marketed poorly in this industry. I mean, it's it sucks because I, I don't know. Like, I was just it, it just felt weird watching it last night. It, it was just kind of it sucks that okay. So like this this is this is shitty from so many points of views, right? So it's like first and foremost, like we we should as a community have an expectation that WSOP would follow suit to EPT and yeah. Triton. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That and was, and that ban, was odd, right? right? Okay, so they don't do that. That sucks. That's a failure, right? That that that's a failure to the community from one of the corporations. But then there are other other avenues where like we can do something about this, right? So it sucks that it's being reported now that he was like i know that it, we're making light of it and it's it's kind of a joking thing but like deep put out a good tweet that i thought is is important to try to nip this in the bud in some way shape or form we're still drawing attention to it right he basically just said like it would be great if all live reporters referred to the dark side crew as player unknown for the rest of the series right and it's like awesome. that's an opportunity for poker news and maybe they can't i don't know I, I don't i don't know journalism well enough to know like if that's defamation in some way shape or form i would guess it's not though can't be defamation right this is no. like just call them play the cutoff yeah <laughs> you don't have yeah. to put the name yeah that's what i mean so it's like it would be nice if instead of a winner's photo it it was just blank it would be nice if instead of the headline saying jake chandler wins 1.2 million or whatever it was it just said unknown player wins first bracelet, right? Like these are small ways that when we see a failure at the top, we can try to correct course yeah. by the people next in line. People take it upon, yeah. amongst, upon, upon themselves. Yeah. It's like, how far do you go with it? Like, would it be nice if PokerGo didn't televise this event? No, you want to see it. Right. Unfortunately. Of course. Like everybody else at the final table matters more. I wanted to see more. Chewy. I wanted to see, yeah. you know, the other And you players. just hope that one of them has the shining moment. Yeah, of course. But you it would be to. nice if they didn't double down and, you know, put out press releases with Jake's photo all over That was it. weird, right? It felt weird. It felt weird even though they do it with every event. It felt but weird. But it, so, it felt so dirty. Yeah, there was something. Yeah, like I agree. There was something icky about that. Like it was just like, ah. Oh. It's just like it's celebrating and, and like relishing. It, it feels like we're being laughed at. That, yeah. That's a, a good, semi-slap. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good one. Yeah, where it's like it feels dirty because we're like, damn, we can't win this battle. You know, like yeah. even you guys are on like their side. Like, what's up? Yeah. You know? yeah. And it, I'm not saying that they're on their side. It's just like, you know, this doesn't look good. I kind of sucks. Yeah. Massage Man. girl got worse fucking treat, treatment. <laughs> Always... Well, uh, uh, not to not to get back into that, but like, uh, it's it's very different. She has someone to answer to. She's employed. Yeah, yeah, no, I we're not. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I, obviously it was a joke. No, I understand, but like that 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 is the big uh, right d- d- delineation between the two. I thought Bonimo put out a good string of tweets um, where he basically put out a poll that said, uh, in this hypothetical or or in this instance, um, do you expect? The massage or the masseuse, goddamn it, the massage therapist to be punished 
slash do you want her to be punished? Mm -hmm. And um, then he put out a second one and said, do you expect Frank to be punished and do you want him to be punished? Yeah. And I think it was pretty close to the expectation being punishment for the massage therapist, but the desire not being punishment. Right. And uh, I think the narrative was kind of getting twisted that like, oh, that's really fucked up expectations on our part. That's what, I, like, that's what I voted. Yeah, but... I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's what I voted also. And it's like, well, it's not fucked up expectations. She's employed by a company right. of 500 other employees and you're not considering how those other women feel that are massage therapists. Like, mm -hmm. it's very critical to them for their job to be taken seriously, for us not to normalize certain behaviors that are clearly, you know, across the line. And, you know, we haven't really heard any other massage therapists speaking out, but I'm sure that for the majority of them, it benefits them more for one person to be made an example of right. than it would be for a lot of, uh, or for this to be treating with, being treated with uh, a lax response. Right, because uh, like I kind of mentioned, they already deal with so much where guys are always trying to push boundaries and trying to, to cross and blur lines. That it's just like, at some point, you need to draw a hard line in the sand and say like, we can't normalize the uh, treatment of massage therapists as effectively loose sex workers, yeah. right? Even if that was only an implication, even if that was not what was actually happening, it was a joke. It's like, well, it's a joke done in poor taste because it's at the expense of you and your industry. What happens... You know, not that I want to touch baseball again, uh, but like there are known cheaters, like yeah. the pitchers that everyone kind of knows. Like, oh, these guys used use the what you call it, the, the sticky shit, the sticky. <laughs> they call it, they use the sticky icky. Uh, but like nothing happens to them either, right? They get huge contracts. Yeah, and they also get. I heard I heard one team signed the pitcher for a huge contract and asked them to teach the other pitchers like. The, the sticky icky shit. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, teach us, the, teach us what you got. It's just nuts. Yeah, that's, that's a good parallel to online poker specifically. Like, the, if you can't beat them, join them mentality. Mm -hmm. um, baseball's always done a good job of self-policing. Uh, let me rephrase that. Baseball's always attempted uh, the yeah. job of self-policing, but probably has tremendous failures throughout mm -hmm. the the steroid era being uh one obvious black eye right um and now yeah we're kind of eating or entering this subtle cheating area or era era yeah uh with the houston astros right stealing signs like this is the thing man like that stuff that stuff kind of falls under the unwritten rules it was just like you don't steal signs that that's what gets hitters hit Right. Right. It's like, oh, well, you stole signs. Yeah, yeah. You're peaking. So, like, I'm going to hit you. Right. And that, that was just like the way it was self policed. But it's not really unwritten any longer whenever you see the Houston Astros scandal uh, come to be. It's very mm -hmm. similar to like what the Patriots were Bill accused Belichick, of. Yeah. Bill Belichick stealing uh, practice footage of, of his opponents and things like that. The ball's a little bit light. A little deflate no. gate. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like, there's in any, in any game format, there will always be ways to take unscrupulous edges and game the system if you don't agree to playing above board, mm -hmm. right? And the idea is to try to create rules that prevent people from gaming the system. And you do a relatively good job, but you can't predict the future. You can't, you can't project 
uh, when technology. Why are you smiling? Because I know above board has to be on the bingo card. Right? <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Like above board is as is it on the bingo card or not? It's on the bingo card. It's definitely not on the bingo card. <laughs> it should be. Yeah. The, they they said unscrupulous edges has to be on the bingo card look, too. Look, uh, this this is the beauty of of the whole bingo card yeah. idea is that. Every day, somebody tries to add another phrase or word to it. So all you're really saying is that I have so many phrases. I have so many words. He has so many go-to words. He has go-to words. Like, it's great. I mean, they just fit. I do the most of. I do the majority of the talking. That's the way no, this dude, fucking dude, works. We're not, the, we're, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I am making a game of everybody trying to pinpoint what they're going to add to the bingo card next and how big this bingo card could possibly get. If I can get it to a hundred by hundred square, I've done my job. You can't get that far. I think we're close. No, I mean, because, because then words will fall out. Nobody ever takes anything <laughs> off the bingo card. <laughs> that is true. There's plenty of phrases I haven't said in months that nah. are staples on the bingo card. All right, we'll see. They don't I'm going to do, do a bingo card audit. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop seeing... Just stop saying bingos. All right, go ahead. Go. What were you saying? Uh, well, just unscrupulous edges. <laughs> just it's just one of those things where it's like you have to continually update the rule book in order to account for future technology that will allow people to take or game the system in some sort of capacity in their favor. And I think poker and baseball alike will continue to struggle with this because there's this kind of underlying. Uh, specifically with online, there's this like underlying um, anonymous aspect to it, right? Mm -hmm. So like with these pitchers, if they're utilizing a substance that you, you can't feel to the touch, but it has that effect, then there's really no yeah. great way of policing it, right? Right. right. Uh, and like once you reach that crux where cheaters have found a way to remain undetected, it becomes very challenging now outside of developing some sort of like elaborate methodology to 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 detect them to police it and that, that's R where we are now yeah and rta yeah. is kind of the same thing it's just like well in theory this should be very easy to find but in practice it's incredibly difficult and and resource intensive uh and while that takes place people are just gonna make a whole lot of fucking money but then on top of that whenever we do find out there's no coordination now amongst the community to prevent these people from making money like at least in baseball, everything is managed by the MLB. Right. So if a pitcher gets busted, he's fucked. He's out of work. That's it. He doesn't get to play. Any, uh, like, yeah, sure, go play in Japan and make one-tenth of what you were making. Right. Whatever. I don't care. But, like, these guys, it's like, okay, I cheated online for millions. They kicked me off the sites. Whatever. I'll either buy other accounts or I'll just go play live. True. And now nobody's stopping him from doing anything. So it's like, I'll just continue to make millions with these skills that I've developed. Right? Yeah. And that's just, you know, that's, that's the crux of the problem, I think. That's, that's why Dark Side breathes. Bro, everyone has skills, bro. I saw some wild shit from a video yesterday. I'll never play a home game again. That <laughs> <laughs> was, I was like, wait, what? I thought, what? But anyway, that was a wild video from Houston yesterday. I'll never play a home game again. And I've only played home games that, like, I implicitly trust the game runner, the the people in the box, the the organizer, everything, right? That being said, I'll still never play. 
Like it's so hard to detect. It's man. impossible. Like Houston could see it in a second, obviously, because he's a mechanic. Trained eye. Yeah. But like I'm watching him I'm watching him do these things. And I don't see it. Bro, the worst part about it, and we're, we'll show you guys a little bit of this, uh, but he literally says, like, my hands are cold. And that's, that means, like, I haven't done this in a long time. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm rusty. Yeah. With, with... That shit looked like he was pretty good, bro. I couldn't see it at all. Like, his hands are, he's cold. He kept Wait, bottom dealing? You look hot to me, bro. <laughs> yeah. He kept bottom dealing, and I'm just like, How? The fuck did he pull that card from the bottom to out without me seeing it? There's I'm no looking for it. He's telling me he's going to bottom deal here. <laughs> How'd you do that? Imagine, and you're like looking for it. So yeah, I want to have that conversation. We'll obviously share the video. Yeah, for everybody who, who doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the interview between Joey Ingram and uh, Houston yesterday, who used to be a part of uh, Molly's game. He wrote a book kind of on... I don't know. Just kind of that whole... Like like being a mechanic. Sort uh, of. Yeah. yeah. Like that whole era. Yeah. Basically how to take dark edges. Uh, <laughs> and now now he's the lead producer for Live at the Bike and, uh, you know, basically utilizing those chops to ensure game integrity. Uh, Guapa, if you want to cut to the clip that we're talking about, he basically shows like how mechanics oh, okay. can, can work um, this out. So I'm gonna, this is going to be a true shuffle. All right, there are going to be uh, zero cards controlled uh, because the only way you control the cards is if you can somehow call them before the game, you know, or, or you do what's called a pickup call or a discard call when people are throwing their cards away. You kind of keep track of the order and then they can easily be manipulated, right? But this is truly shuffled, okay? I don't know what, what this order is. Oh, boy. I, we and go. now we're going to use a cut card. I watched these guys. I studied this tape for, for months. Now, you just tell me, we're going to just pick two random cards. You just say when. Stop. Okay, so here's, here's a random card. Let's do another one. Stop. All right. These are truly random. All right, you got ace three. It could be okay. worse. Not bad hand. All right. So, so now you got to remember, this guy is, um, he's over here in uh, seat, you know, uh, uh, whatever, seat. Uh, he's, he's next to the dealer. So... I'm watching, I'm watching this go down because they were, they were just looking at the player. They weren't looking at the dealer. They're like, no, the dealer's not doing, not doing anything wrong. So I, I, start, I started watching, and, uh, and I noticed that uh, there were certain things that did seem to happen every time uh, this guy got in a, in a huge, huge pot. All right? So here comes, here's the, the burn, or here, yeah, burn, and here's the flop. All right, now this flop did not hit this guy. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, you would need uh not not that I haven't seen guys uh, you know, even on live at the bike better flop like this, but you would need you would need running cards, right? Like you would need a uh backdoor trip you know, draw, backdoor straight draw. Yeah, yeah, like you would need, you know, like a 4. A 4 would help. Right? Uh you know, if you're if you're going for for a wheel with that uh -huh. <laughs> You you would you would admit that that would help. Uh -huh. Now, if 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 only we could find no uh, a a deuce. No. Now, what you got to hope, what what you got to hope here is that someone oh, else no. you know has has a huge hand. Like you're hoping some guy has a king at this point. And I would I I, I watch these guys and 
certain things so certain things would would happen and these things are happening now but you don't even you know really understand what they are but anyway it's happening uh so we burn and we turn and there's what the deuce what <laughs> now that just happened in front of your eyes in a truly shuffled deck that i i had no knowledge of where any of those cards were uh beforehand i was able to make that happen on the fly uh and if That's i just took two random cards right now like there's wild. nine to five they're working yes, it's, it's nuts because this is a person that is not doing that actively and he's he still pulled that off and in the environment that we play in where you just have you know, a waitress coming with your Coca-Cola or, 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 you know, alcohol, and you just have a bunch of music going on, people talking to you. There is zero shot. I'm like staring at the dealer's hands and just like trying to catch something. I'm just trying to have fun and also play the game that we're here to play. Yeah, when these situations happen, there's always a distraction that comes through. And it's always a time distraction or something along those lines. And well, yeah. these home games are just like pure distractions anyway. The whole time is a distraction. Party favors, girls, yeah. Yeah. booze. Uh, yeah, everybody's having a great time, whatever the case. Like, it would be the easiest. I mean, he was right. Like, if you watch the whole interview, he talks about, like, how this era of poker players are the most naive that mm -hmm. he's ever seen. And yeah. he, he's 100% right because... 100%. Like, not even close. I, I come from an era where the, the transition was taking place, right? From, mm -hmm. the, from the age of Doyle into the the like negranu grinding era where it's like they wanted to do things above board but they knew that things below board were happening all the time into like our era where everything online was starting to streamline and was mostly yeah on the up and up right so we assume live games were and for the most part live games were because they were mostly being played in a casino uh i mean the the problem is is that I have a very, a very strong mindset of uh, be careful at all costs when, when situations seem too good to be true, right? Yes. And I've, I've taken that approach for as long as I possibly could. Up until COVID, I had literally never played a home game uh, once I started playing high stakes. So the, the, up until COVID began, the highest home game that I had ever played in my life was like 510. And it was like back in the Pittsburgh days when I was grinding coming up. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Or During that time you got hit by the mechanic in New York. Yeah, but oh, that yeah. was small. <laughs> that was small though. Oh yeah, but that for sure happened now. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that was like that was, I already no, I already was pretty sure it happened, but like I couldn't have fathomed how. Now I get it. Yeah, of course. Easy. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. So uh couldn't be any more clear that like I was set up in that spot. Yeah. Um But yeah, so during COVID I started rounding like a handful of home games that were all pretty good and they were games that for all intent and purposes oh i was there too well one of them yeah, yeah. um yeah like for the most part it's like i never really quite understood why i was invited i guess i just always chalked it up to like <laughs> that's the part you always have to ask <laughs> well, like, well kind of well right? Yes, yeah. It, it it's always interesting. Right? It's weird because it's a it's a it's a group of people that it's like okay, these are the same people that by and large I would play with in Ivy's room, and I know exactly why I'm invited to that game, right? It's like they need a facilitator, they need somebody who gives a ton of action, who over V pips that will have money pass through them, right? 
whether they're winning or losing, it doesn't matter. What happens is they blow pots up. Yeah. Mm. And that's always great for uh, a VIP environment because all VIP players want to gamble. Whether they're tight or loose, they want there to be a lot of gamble in the environment because their strategy will will, will filter into that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they want to at least feel like they have a shot. And I knew that that was always my role when JRB would be running games in Ivy's room and, yeah. and bringing me in. It's like, okay, you may be a pro, but like you don't do pro-y things. You have a job to do. Yeah, it's like you, you don't do the things that would give you the extra 10% edge. Yeah. Instead, and you're doing things that are like costing you maybe 5 or 10% on the margins. Right. But, you know. We'll live with that because we need to fill this seat. Uh, yeah, and not yeah. only that, but like I'm still doing really well. Yeah, yeah right. That's cool. But then it's like now these home games crop up. And sure, it's the same group of people, largely. But they don't want a piece. They don't want anything in return. They're just asking you to show up every single day. Mm -hmm. That's and weird, it's like, right? okay, the first one we found out was cheated. Mm -hmm. Somehow we came out winners. Uh, but I think largely because it wasn't cheated in this capacity. And it, maybe we weren't there long enough. Yeah. I, I, well, also the person that was cheating it, I only played one session with and I got obliterated. I lost like 75K playing 2550. Uh -huh. You got cheated. Certainly. I remember uh -huh. specifically a hand... Yeah. uh versus him where i got cheated and uh there were a couple other hands where it's like if the dealer was a mechanic it makes perfect fucking sense right like set over set blind versus blind with jacks for, or nines versus jacks like the spots where like too much money was going to go in always in a 2550 game um so yeah that 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 was confirmed we were very lucky to escape with a win Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I won in all of these games with the exception of one, and the one I didn't win in is the one I'm least likely to believe was was cheated. Uh, like the one I'm losing in is the one I think is most likely to be straight. Wow. But um, in any event, uh, having now put in maybe 200 hours into home games, I never lost it on easy sense, right? Like I I have a win rate and was winning, but nowhere near nowhere near what i should have been in any of them like and you know we've talked about this a lot off air where it's just like i get that there's variance and like yeah we've all seen these runs mm -hmm. but like it feels so amplified when you're in a home game environment and it's just like i'm on a bottom five percent run again in yeah. a home game <laughs> yeah that's like, very strange why like why why does this continually keep happening uh and it's nice to be able to like claw out and ultimately book a win but basically after watching that i'm just utterly convinced that i'll never play a home game again like there's just no reason to it's, it's you can run private games in a casino the rake is nothing the rake is nothing like all you lose is the girls and party favors and like i get it it's a i big get deal for a lot of people bro. i think it's less of a big deal than people believe it to no be. no it's a big deal it's a big deal I'm you're saying that side. from from the vantage point of one game like yes i've played three games that i played the game we were talking about before and right. one more Okay. The other, the one more for sure. It has yeah, to. Yeah, that's it. that's the yeah. one I know that. That's yeah. the one I know you're talking about, like yeah. specifically. But like the first game we we're talking about, that was an option, but it wasn't provided. Like you could do it if you wanted to, but it wasn't. It wasn't uh, a part of the game. Didn't matter one fucking bit. Mm -hmm. And the other games that I'm talking about, they both like blow it out. Like there have been games that I've showed up to where there were three girls for every guy at the table, and it was an annoyance. For most, uh, I see, I see, right? Like yeah. for the most part, it was just girls hanging around like nine guys, two of which were interested in the extracurriculars, right? Right, and so like now you have like six or seven VIPs 
that don't care. They're just literally trying to play cards and get a little drunk. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And they have three girls on them, bothering them to get them drinks, trying to get, get hundreds out of them over mm. and over. It feels like a tax. Yeah. Like, even to them, it becomes a little bit much. So it's like you have to know your crowd. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand. There are definitely certain lineups where it's a must. But also, I've played in those lineups, and, like, it's not – it's not what you would think. You would think they're like, oh, that would lube it up to the point where like the, the game is so fucking good. No, it doesn't really change the game that much. It changes just, in the negative a lot of times, in my opinion. Yeah. What ultimately ends up happening is the guys that you're trying to play with are always away from the table. They're just almost always away, partaking in extracurriculars, doing party favors, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. They come back for a couple of hands. They cause chaos. They spill drinks. They, you know, all types of shit's happening. And everybody else that's like, basically waiting for them to donate is just like getting annoyed and not really playing the game either. And the game's three-handed sometimes, which all of these dynamics are great whenever you're a pro, but they're not when, they, when it's slow. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to play a slow three-handed game. No, no, of course it's not. It's brutal, right? Of course not. Um, so like, I don't know, man. I, I've played both. And in my experience, the organized private games in casinos are almost always, always 5X better. Than, than the private games I've played in. And to be fair, I'm, I'm definitely not getting in the best private games. So You're also biased a little bit to the point where, like, the, part, the house games are just more of a party. Like, it's not. It's really not. Some are. Yeah, Some I can try. be, sure. Are, but, okay. but the one that you, the, you know, the one you're saying I understand that's not as party. Yeah. I, I mean, all three, really. Like, yeah, j- yeah. It happens, but yeah, for the most part, like even whenever we did this like getaway to to Utah, that was like the idea mm-hmm. that it was going to be like more of a party than a game. And it just wasn't. I I mean like yeah, there were guys in K-holes on the couch who couldn't fucking stand up, but they weren't having a good time as far as I can tell. <laughs> they were having the time of their lives, Burke. Right, like they were they were completely incapacitated, but all it did was Take away from the game. It took away from the game, and it wasn't even, like, helpful to, like, the girls or anybody else that was working there because, like, they're literally just sitting there drooling on themselves. I think I think the difference, you know, this whole thing came about, you know, from Texas, right? This, this whole yeah. conversation we're even having, right? So there's, there's a big difference between Bellagio and Texas, and I think one of the reasons that Houston said yesterday was when the casino employs the dealer, it's way different than when you bring the dealer, right? So in Texas, you could just literally give the dealer, like you could just hire that dealer that day, give him a fucking shirt and he's dealing the box that same moment. Yeah. Right. So that's basically you bringing the dealer, Mm -hmm. right? When we're at Bellagio, these dealers are employed by Bellagio. Right. Can they be corrupted? Sure. Probably. Maybe. For enough. But it's a way different environment. And I think that's an important differentiating factor. Um, yeah, we were talking about this a lot. Uh, I'm glad you brought Texas up. Because um, I thought Houston did a really good job of uh, kind of telling the most practical way that that game was cheated. Uh, and it basically just involves a coordinated team where mob, he called. Well, that, that's just a, a streaming term basically for uh, the, they'll call it like a mob game is basically a game that's being worked. Mm-hmm. So don't, conf- 
yeah don't, don't, don't confuse it yeah. with uh the organized crime yeah um but yeah basically he was saying that like it takes a small team where the way those deckmate twos are set up um if you have knowledge of one single card uh w as far as like the order of the deck goes then you can run it through a very quick algorithm and it'll tell you the top three ranking hands as they're dealt out. Not, yeah. not like what they are, not aces, kings, queens, or whatever, but like by seat. So seat one has uh, the winning hand, seat two has the second best hand, seat three has the third best hand. Right. And then you just act accordingly mm -hmm. uh, as far as you know, setting them up, squeezing them, mm -hmm. letting them see flop, whatever. You basically just like give them the rope necessary to ensure the winners go the way that you want them to go. And the best part about that racket is it means that you're not involved. Like, you're, you're cheating smartly. Right. Right? You're not winning every single hand. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's not smart about that or, or what, what is such a low sophistication uh, of that method is you don't know the actual cards. Right. So, like, what ultimately happens is he'll be like, oh, you have the winning hand. And you look down and you have jack three off. Right. But you can pass. You could. If you're sharp. If you're sharp. Right. But like uh, most of these guys are probably employing whales mm -hmm. because they want it to seem splash, and also that right. helps them, right? Helps it's like them. you don't want to always win with the bad hand. You got to like, oh, okay, you have just like a garbage hand, whatever, and you want to try to get the showdown sometimes with Jack Three off where you don't win. But uh, basically, it's really easy to give the illusion of action and give the illusion of being a fun player. Who just wins too much. I told you about the the um, the home game with Chauncey Billups in it, where guys were just like sticking it all in with gut shots. Oh, we were and then it just rips off. We were invited. Yeah, but it's just like that. That can't be an accident, right? Like right. it just it. I, I don't know if they had deckmates there. I would guess that they almost one hundred percent did. Um, they had and an, they had an earlier way to do this. So we used to play in a Fairview game, Fairview, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, Basically, it's the same exact thing that you're saying that Deckmate 2s could do, but they were using a, like an MP3 player, kind of. And mm, it, it would read, it sense the yeah. cards and read it to the headphones or whatever. Yeah, and that, and that, that aligns with the other story we the were story saying. Where, with, the, with the speakers. Yeah. So um, I, I think that like this doesn't take much sophistication. Um, I thought Joey kind of overreacted to a couple of things. Uh, you know, Houston was saying like, Live at the Bike is one of the most secure streams. Uh, they go through all of these hoops. I would push back on Houston a little bit. He said that they are the absolute most secure stream in the world, and he would he would like challenge anybody to bet on that. It's tough to beat Poker Go, right? Correct, a hundred percent. It's Poker Go, and if for no other reason than because I know for a fact Poker Go had their own software built, their own graphics, like everything. Maybe he maybe he wasn't thinking poker go. He, he probably was just, wasn't. Yeah. That's why I'm pushing back right, a little right, bit right. just to remind him, like there's a professional outlet that does right. this and does it the most above board way possible mm -hmm. because they also have to clear Nevada gaming for every single stream that they run. Oh. So there's already a preset rule, uh, or not rule, but like uh, a preset set of rules that uh, anybody operating in Nevada has to, to abide by same thing in new jersey um i know in new jersey it's even it's stricter. it's stricter in a weird way where like if you're doing commentary they lock the door from the time like 15 minutes pre-show until you finish yeah. and if you like so there was a story i, I don't remember if it's katie stone or somebody else but uh they were late to to showing up to broadcast and they missed the 15 minute window and like missing a flight like they're like sorry the flight deck's already been closed 
Uh, like the, the door's already been locked. There's nothing we can do. That's crazy. You're just out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there are, there is a way to do this in an incredibly secure way. And Houston was mentioning like, oh, uh, you know, we sequester the phones, which Hustler Live also does. Uh, and he was kind of basically saying like, th this prevents it. And Joey really went hard into the, I don't know why anybody has a cell phone at the table. Like he created a lot of FUD around the idea that cheating takes place with a cell phone and yeah. it just doesn't. It's literally the most barbaric way that you could ever cheat. Um, this is because of the possible PTSD sort of. Yeah, fine. But like, even in that scenario, it's like uh, the phone wasn't that critical. I, I'm not, po we're still not positive to the degree at which he did it, but an earpiece is going to be like, not that I want to, to police this because I think it's again, unnecessary, but headphones are a way easier tool to utilize in a cheating mechanism than a phone would be yeah. way easier sure. a thousand times easier right so it's just like uh yes phones are powerful and yes we have to be mindful of the technology but i don't want to like create this this mass panic around everyday tools like you know back in 2005 when i was at casinos you would get wrecked for having a phone in a poker room wow like really? you just were not allowed to ever Really? Be on your phone. Yeah, that wasn't. That was. You had to leave the room. I. There you was couldn't a, even step away from the table. So there's been a change, right? Like I remember playing Borgata, and there was no way you could pull your phone out mid hand. Right. Like you couldn't. Like there was no way you could be on your phone and be in a hand. But like now at Bellagio, like I'm literally like on the phone betting. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you know, they don't care. They're just like, yeah, I mean, everyone has a phone. Like, what are we going to do? Tell every single person to put their phone away every single time? Right. Like, right. And I mean, the thing is, is that like, well, what we have to understand is your phones aren't that private. So, uh, yeah, you can make a very clear argument that, well, if you're allowed to be on the phone mid hand, which you are in cash games, mm -hmm. uh, you could just be running RTA. Right. It's like, sure, you could, but uh, good luck. Yeah. Right. Somebody's going to spot it. And the second that you get caught RTAing a live game, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just it. Like, you will be absolutely ostracized that's from bad. every good scenario. It's like, sure, you'll be able to round the 5, 10, and below games, but you'll never, ever, ever have any path to playing bigger. True. And that's all anybody playing live cash wants, right? Like, if you're, if you're trying to cut your teeth at 5, 10 by cheating, you're drawing dead anyway. That's a bad... <laughs> yeah, so it's like, in, in some regards, like, live has its way of policing itself because the, the upper echelon is so protected anyway it's so hard to penetrate uh people with bad reps just aren't really going to have their paths in there but cheating is almost uh cheating almost feels like the new form of trying and maybe like it just feels over amplified because we've been talking about it a lot lately oh it's that they're winning so much money yeah but and it also I opens almost... my eyes to like how many people who should be losing so much money in the arena keep showing up and it's like makes me wonder well why they can't just enjoy it that much you know there has to be bad players or sorry uh bad intentions history, from some of those history players repeats itself right like, i think amarillo was out there playing clean man. no way like, like there was i don't think you know these guys were all that i think you know my man stewie those those glasses were a little shady man like like let's just you know r.i.p you know mad respect but those glasses were maybe a little bit shady so we've seen this story before like doyle said he used to you know was cheat or be cheated back yeah. then and it's like these guys 
annihilated people. Yeah. Right. For tons of money and history repeats itself. Yeah. I think rather than being like overbearing uh, on preventative measures, like, you know, banning phones from all poker tables or banning headphones or things like that. I think um, we, we do a much better job of making it a friendly environment for everybody to play in mm. uh one that people want to be a part of in a community that everybody wants to partake in yeah if we find ways to just better educate people on how the cheating occurs like i yeah, thought that was fair i i thought uh a lot about the interview yesterday was um perhaps a little bit too much strong arming taking place but once that kind of subsided a little bit i thought it was incredibly informative to see just how much Houston could demonstrate in a very short period of time. Uh, ways that like the sharpest pros in the world would never catch. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was looking for it. I'm watching the video looking for what he's doing and I don't <laughs> see it. He took a, a perfectly shuffled deck of cards that we showed in that clip. Yeah. Completely random shuffle and managed to turn it into a, a set deck. In front of our eyes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I didn't see a thing. Right. Sure, you maybe you could like talk about him having a mechanic grip, kind of like uh, in rounders sure. when Kanish is talking to, to Mike about. But you're never going to catch it. It's, it's, it's so impossible, man. Yeah, like uh, no one's playing, like looking at the dealer's hands right. all day. Right. And I, I thought his point of saying that games are safer with a deckmate than without is also very valid. Um, oh. Well, because home games are unsafe, period, right? So whether there's a deckmate or a mechanic dealer in the box, you'll never know the difference. Mm -hmm. And both can just be very easily uh, very easily manipulated by the right people, right? In a casino, uh, the deckmate effectively neutralizes a mechanic dealer, right? Because the ways to manipulate the deckmate require right. manipulation. Right. You actually have to physically manipulate the deckmate you have to be able to have some sort of like communication back and forth. So in the casino, the deckmate is safer. Yeah, well, in home game, home games just aren't safe. Right, I, I don't think it, it matters. It, in the home game, it's it's not it's not safer because the deckmate tells you the order. Like you're kind of fucked now. Well, you're right, but so you're fucked either way. Right, I guess like yeah. the deckmate may be less safe in a home game just because there's a chance you could spot, mm -hmm. or there's a chance that the dealer could make a mistake if he's a mechanic. Right. Um, whereas yeah. like, you'll just never spot those inconsistencies with the deck mate, but yeah, I mean like, so let's talk about this. Uh, you know, the, the, the question that Joey posed was, you know, the elephant in the room is like, okay, well, you know, all this stuff, like, why are you the head? Right. What are your thoughts on that? I, I ended up saying like, based off the interview, I was like, well, it's kind of like the white hat hacker where it's like, yeah, he used to do this stuff, but he's also probably given he's the best at spotting this stuff too. It seems. Yes. Like yeah. If you well, can't beat him, join him. Uh, no, he's on, well, he's on our side now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, yeah. that's what the casino kind of said. Like, right. This is a good person. Well, I think he, he has other values too, but on top of that, he, he can just straight up be like, yeah, well I could spot everything. Yeah. I guess this is, uh, this was my one criticism of maybe the first hour of Joey's interview was that uh, it felt 
it felt less of uh, him trying to understand or trying to uh, flesh out uh, the, the path of redemption beyond uh, mm. all of the crimes that Houston had committed in the past. And I think for, uh, for, a, point in, for a point in time of the interview, that's fine. Like yeah. you really should get to the bottom of uh, of his past errors and the cheating that took place, and also there's like stories involved with that. But basically, like for a lot of uh, or for for lack of any other context, Houston's book really did that heavy lifting for you, right? Like mm-hmm. if you read the book, which I haven't, but I, I'm sure that like if you read the book, it's going to tell you a lot of the details that you're searching for, and then you can kind of press them a little harder and say like. Uh, you know, you wrote a book, but I don't know how much of it's true. Like, let's get to the crux of these five major points that you talk about in the book. Like, these five ways that you cheated, uh, these five scenarios, whatever the case may be, right? Like, you 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 press on that, uh, especially like I know Haralabob was right. uh, someone that that was was cheated in the game. So it's like press on those issues. That's fine. Uh, I'd love to hear them fleshed out, but it felt more of like um, just kind of raw emotion where. Uh, you can kind of see it coming out where it's like, we're just sick of cheating, period. And you're here and you admitted to cheating. So I'm going to be incredibly critical and kind of not even let you talk, not, not really even let you have the platform really mm-hmm. uh, in order to just give you a tongue lashing of how much of this is the problem, how much of it you attributed to it and why I don't feel safe in any games moving forward. And that was like the big takeaway I took from the first hour and a half was just like every time Houston tried to make a point of, uh, well, I can, I can identify a, a mechanic dealer from a non. I can identify the things that pro should look for in uh, a potentially cheated scenario. The, when, when he would speak to that detail, whether it was the shuffle machines or the phones or uh, the, the way a, a dealer held the cards or whatever, Joey's re- very quick rebuttal almost to talk over him would be like, oh, I mean, like, you know, then we should just be banning phones. We should be banning shuffle machines. We shouldn't be playing in any games that have any of these things. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, fuck, like this is such an overreaction and it's going to rile up all of the wrong people in, in the audience because it doesn't, it doesn't lead towards solution. Right. And t- instead it's, it's the opposite. It leads towards, uh, people throwing their hands up and saying, like, we've tried everything, nothing can be done. We're, mm. th- this game is crooked, we're going to move on. Right. Um, and I do think that, like, regardless of what Houston's past is, if we assume that he's corrected course and is on the up and up, which, you know, his resume would indicate that he probably is. Uh, I don't want to vouch for him. I don't know him that well, right? I've had interactions with him. He seems nice enough, and he seems to know his way around uh, production relatively mm-hmm. well. But um, I'm not saying we shouldn't scrutinize him. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be weary. But I am saying that, like, if he does have this set of skills, which it seems clear he demonstrated that he does, right. we should absolutely be taking advantage of that. Maybe he shouldn't be running live at the bike. Fine. Make that case. I don't care. That, that's a totally separate argument. Uh, do I want this guy working security for me if I'm running the Bellagio poker room? Fuck yes. Right? Right. You could say the same thing about the bike. Like right. maybe he shouldn't be the lead producer of Live at the Bike. Maybe he should just be the head of security. Like, but he also has production skills. Yeah, so right. So it's one right. of those where right. you get both, I, both I'm not, yeah. for one salary. Yeah, I'm not. I'm certainly not trying <laughs> to. Uh, I'm certainly not trying to say 
what Houston should or should not do. Right, right, for sure. That's not our That's, place. I, I, I don't have an opinion. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be the person who executes somebody off of their past, and I'm certainly not going to be the one to vouch for their character now without yeah. knowing them. Right, right? fair. So it's just like, this is kind of a wait and see type of thing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I guess like from Joey's perspective, it's like, well, we're assholes if four years from now we find out that the Live at the Bike game has been being cheated and we just have egg on our face because we implicitly trusted somebody who had a history. We do have some responsibility though. I was having this conversation yesterday. Like when I go to commentary, when you go sit and play, we're, we're vouching pretty much. You, do you agree with that or no? Because, like, we're still public figures in a way where people are like, well, if Berkey's playing and Chin's in the booth, like, the yeah. game's good. Yeah. Like, we're vouching. Like, by playing well, and being a public figure, Yes, you're I understand what yeah. you're saying. I, we, we do have some responsibility. And to, to your point, when the Postle thing happened, uh, I refused to play a live stream that wasn't PokerGo for the better part of a year. Yeah. I got a ton of uh, Live at the Bike invites. This was pre-Hustler. And I just said, like, this was when Ryan was still there. I was like, look, man, I, I, I know you and I trust you and I like you, but I don't trust the software. I don't trust the setup. I don't trust the, the protocols in mm -hmm. place. Uh, we even had a back and forth where he was like, you know, I'd love to have you come and um, kind of like vlog your experience behind the scenes and go through the security a little bit. And I'm just like, that's worse. That's so much worse because like now we're tampering and uh, it's an even bigger breach as far as like the things that should be private go. Um, but a lot of good came out of the Postle thing. To my understanding, and uh, again, I don't know the inner workings. I haven't seen the back end. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that the software they use is still the same software out of Australia, which has its flaws. But to my understanding, at least, a lot of the other secure measures have been beefed up at both hustler and live at the, live at the bike yeah i've seen both back back rooms they seem way you've different. seen the commentary no i've seen i also seen control what they oh, okay. but just as a tour yeah, yeah, yeah and then they look it's way different than before yeah but yeah so i mean i could at least vouch like yeah i mean that. if if the protocols are everything that houston spoke to yesterday where the peak room is separate from the commentator room uh that there's a guard uh outside of the peak room that the commentators don't get the cards until their two hour delay or yeah. whatever. If all of that stuff is true, then they are proactively taking the right measures moving forward. And like, I've, what you're saying about us vouching for it is, is correct. The problem is that the reality of it is I'm only saying to my degree of confidence that right. it's reasonable enough to play. So if I believe right. I have a 30% edge in the game, then I believe the likelihood that the game is crooked is sub 30 Right? right, And that's basically all I'm saying by sitting is that I think my win rate is greater than the, the likelihood of there being a risk of this being a, a cheated game. But publicly, what you're saying is more true. I have a platform. I have uh, a microphone five days a week. I have uh, a, a public persona. And all of those things come out now black and white to the audience where mm -hmm. it's like, well, you play that game, so it must be safe. Correct. And somebody else might not be willing to take on the same risk that I am. Like if you told Joe Smith off the street that there's a 10% chance that this game is cheated, he might deem that to be way too high and right. way too risky. Whereas if you told me there's a 10% chance that this game might be cheated, but that you're winning infinite if it's not, that's a small risk to me. Right. And it's like, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and probably yeah, play. Yeah, take the seat. 
Yeah. So it's it's a weird thing to strike a balance with uh, when you are both a public persona and still making a living through this game, yeah. right? It's like you have to do what's in your best interest, but you also have to be mindful of what it says to to the greater community at large. So I think these conversations are pretty important to have. And you know, for what it's worth, uh, outside of outside of Texas, because I think that it's still way too immature of a market and I think there's still still way too much room for um bad behavior to just win out. Uh I want to see these live streams succeed. Yeah. So when it comes to Hustler, Live the Bike, Poker Go, um the WPTs getting more heavily involved. I I want it's it's critical actually for me to see these streams blow up because I have the ability to play them. And uh, at least I think they want me to play them. So as long as I can offer them value and they're giving me value in return, it's very important that this ecosystem flourishes, right? Now, Texas is a different story because as you mentioned, they answer to no one. Right. And that just only amplifies whenever you bring in an RFID table. There's now just more ways to cheat. And there are fewer people uh, creating protocols and managing the security to prevent that cheating from taking place. And the budgets are also smaller. Way smaller. So it's not as if they have like a casino behind them. Right. No. Right. Like their games are pure marketing tactics. Mm -hmm. And the cheaper you can market, the greater your margins. Period. Right. Like if your cost per acquisition is $1 versus $100, you're just going to make way more fucking money doing it the cheap way. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because now... The incentives don't align at all. The incentive for the player is to find a soft, straight-up game, whereas the incentive for the uh, the host is literally to just put this game on as cheaply as possible. 100%. Which comes at the cost of security. So did you think... What did you think about the overall podcast? Like, was it good? Would you... Yeah, I, th I thought that it was... Um, I thought the most interesting part was when Houston was kind of displaying... Right, his his craft, if you will. I hate to call it that because it's obviously very well, seedy. It's it's what it's a he skill. Knows. It's yeah. what he knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that that was the most eye opening portion to me because it really made me understand how little we understand uh, with untrained eyes. Yeah, we're on. We're over here talking about ranges. Like we don't know shit about right. what's really going down in the dark side. Like, right. <laughs> like right. Hey, we ran this sim and it was supposed to lead ten percent. This guy's like, dude, you're drawing dead. Like, <laughs> like, like look at this turn. Hold, hold hold that hold that thought. Bang spade. <laughs> <laughs> what now? Yeah. Uh, I I thought that that was by far the most beneficial aspect to take out of it. Um, I thought that like the early portion was, uh was informative in the sense that like Joey brought a lot of things to light, but I thought it was more of a shouting match and kind of uh, the two of them fighting for airtime. Mm. It was a lot of ta Joey talking over Houston. It was a lot of Houston trying to butt in and correct uh, some pretty strong uh, allegations. Did it feel like a takedown piece in the beginning? At the beginning, yeah, for sure. For sure. It, it, it felt like... Uh, I know Joey's intentions are always good, so I don't I don't want to accuse him of anything. But no, if, I'm not if I were that. in Houston's I'm... chair, that interview would have only been 15 minutes long. Mm. Like I would have just opted out. Uh, but I think Houston recognizes how important it is for Joey to meet him in the middle. Yeah. 
right? Because at the end of the day, he did do all these things, and he does have a tarnished name because of it. And Joey is a very important piece of our community, right? As far as being like uh, both a mouthpiece and uh, a well-respected member of it. So uh, I think by the end they got there, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel probably the same as I did pre-interview with regard to playing on the bike. I feel a little bit safer, I think, because the way he's saying he forces the dealers to do these things. True. Does help. Yeah. It's like, look, we're the only ones that do these things and we're doing it for a reason. Yeah. To be fair though, I would have never thought about a dealer being the, the, <laughs> the spot of the game that was cheating me. Yeah, yeah, but that's the whole point. I know, I know, I get it. I, get it. I guess in a casino uh, right. setting, though, like I'll, I'll just always trust the staff, which is maybe a little bit blind and a bit of a character flaw of mine. But um, yeah, I probably feel about the same. I, I always felt relatively safe in the game to begin with. Uh, I, I feel roughly the same to begin with. I feel way less good about uh, playing any Texas games and home games. Uh, and I just kind of, at this point, I just equate Texas to home games at this point. It's, it's, it's very similar, right? They employ their own staff. Really, it's just the party favors that's the difference, right? Those it, are so important, though, Burke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, at least you're getting a little rebate for your fucking time, you know? <laughs> the rebate for that rake, that's not... Yeah, like, you know, that rake is pretty high, bro. The that rake's <laughs> almost like the housewarming. Well, the rake's a hell of a lot higher whenever, <laughs> when, the, when the deck is set against you. Like, when you're just the only loser, it's tough. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I hate to do these episodes because, like, I love this game. I love this community, and I don't think that it's all down bad the way we, we, we kind of present We make it, it sound down bad, right. True, but that's because the dark side wins so much. Like when you are dark side, you just have a fixed bottom line. It's not fixed; it just always goes up. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair. I should say a base bottom line. <laughs> yeah. The base is higher than yours. It is. It is, and that, that's that's the problem: is that there there are no financial losers in the dark side. There are moral losers and character losers and. Uh, you know, potentially life losers if they do some time in jail. But monetarily it's like, speaking... It's like Jack Dorsey, bro. He was a hacker. He was a fucking known hacker. Then he just, with all that money, found Twitter. And here we are. But hacking's not like inherently dark side. Or maybe it's... It's definitely part of dark side. Bro. Yeah, maybe it's inherently dark side, but it doesn't have to be dark side is my point. Yeah, same here. Houston uh, no. was dark side, now he's not. Yeah, but like... <laughs> but like Sure, but but in in this industry, you can't really be uh, you can't really be a good person utilizing dark side tactics. Like all that does is create a new solver product for the industry. That's what happens. You know what and I now mean? we're all using it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, all I, the dark side shit, bro. I want to know where Ike Haxon got that dream machine. Who who sold it to him? He might have built it himself. He's he's a a brown grad with a computer science degree. Fuck, like him and Seaver probably built, built the first it. solvers themselves. Yeah. It's very reasonable. Like, uh, yeah, long long before solvers existed, I understood, or at least like from my background in comp sci, like yeah. I could understand how a tool like that could come to be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't realize the the depth of it. Yeah, we could have sold Pio, bro. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not that sharp. Not even close. <clears throat> um. 
but yeah, like simple push fold charts and things like that. Like, yeah. I'm surprised that those tools didn't uh, generate sooner than they did. Like, um, what's, Max Silver, what's Max Silver's app? Snapshot. Snapshot. Yeah, like that was years late as far as like what we should have been capable of sooner. But like the beauty was the money was so free that nobody was worried about that stuff. That wasn't how anybody studied. Nobody was interested in answers. They were just interested in thinking. And that, that was, was a beautiful time. It really was, man. It really, really was a joy. Uh, those days are dead. <laughs> <laughs> those days are, are dead and buried <laughs> in a fucking coffin. They are they're underneath the dark side now. <laughs> those uh, days are dead. <laughs> Don't think, just do. And you do what we tell you to do. That's and right. who tells you to do? The machine. That's right. And who built the machine? Dark side. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That that's that's the best. There's no there's no better summary than that. That's that's legit. It that is some dark side shit. All right, there we go. Everybody right, have yeah. fun. Enjoy. Damn, this morale is low. Somber. I'm glad today's an off day, man. I need I need a day to decompress. Holy fuck! I'm bro. I'm playing tomorrow. We we got the fucking monster stack tomorrow. I'm excited for tomorrow's the gonna be a party, stack. man. I'm These 1500s. The oh. Why, do you like the change to 40 minutes or not? It's fine. I don't like the long day. Uh, I didn't look at the monster structure, but if it's the same as the 6 max, it's fucking insane. It, it, uh, it might be. Go ahead. So we played 17 levels, I think? The 17 levels. Yep. Yeah. We made the money in like level 13 or 14. Uh-huh. Uh, do you think the day should just end there? Somewhere around there. Like the... Here's the thing. The bubble in these big field events and the monster stack is going to be way bigger. Way the bigger than the 6 be max. Massive. Way bigger than the 6 max. Uh, but I think the monster stack is actually our levels. I'll check right now. Um, anyway, uh, the problem with these structures is that when you make the money day one, which is what they're trying to accomplish, right? They have the added levels to ensure that day one caches so that they don't have to deal with the melee of the bubble on day two. And that's, mm -hmm. I love that. That's reasonable. Yeah. The problem is what they're not taking into consideration is how long the fucking bubble takes in these large field events. We played like eight hands on the bubble, maybe 10. And it was a solid hour. But it only took 20 minutes off the clock. So it's like we played the equivalent of three or of a level and a half. It's really bad. That only took a half a level off the clock. Yes. So now you're tacking on basically an hour to the end of day, which was already way too fucking long. So it was already, pre it was predetermined that we were going to play 11 to 1230, which in my opinion is too long. But if that were just it, fine. Okay, fine. We can play 13 and a half hours. It's fucking long. It's a lot. 12 should be the cap in my yeah. opinion, but fine. Okay. You really have to squeeze in that last 90 minutes. Okay, fine. But when the bubble tacks on another fucking hour to yeah, that, you have to end it. It has to be a, it has to be a twelve thirty hard stop. Yeah. Period. So cut those last two levels. There was no. We went on a fucking break at twelve thirty, and came back. That's nuts. Come on. That's fucked like, up. Like come on. Like we don't need to come back to two more levels now. You think? You think? Uh, you know, the powers that be are just like chilling in their house, like watching the stream, like they, while we all play for fucking thirteen hours. There's no way. There's no way with uh, and. It's funny because, like, I tweeted about it when we came back from break. It was, like, 12.30 and we're about to play two more levels. Or 12.15 we're about to play two more levels. It's like, we're literally entering hour 15 of this event. That's messed up. What the fuck is going on? And I'm, 
I'm confident. And like, I know that- You didn't think about it. Yeah. It was an oversight. It's just an oversight. Yeah. Like, and I know that like- uh, These things could be corrected, right? TD that's my has problem. The final, TD has the final say, right? It could just be like, hey guys, uh, we're just going to end. We're yeah. going to end next level. Yeah, and to be honest, like, uh, it would probably be better if I- Went through the they, back channels? Well, this is the problem, man. I don't know. I don't know because the front channels are what get shit's done. That seems that way, right? Yeah, it would seem that way. But like, yeah, maybe it would just be better if I just suck it up that day and shoot a text to Jack and say like, look, man, this is... And, and honestly, like, I should do that. Uh, I should make a better habit of doing that. It's hard when you're fucking falling asleep at the table and you're so frustrated. You're pissed. And you just want someone to see it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're sure. hoping that like something will happen now. Which will never will. And, well, it has. I, I don't know if you remember, but Bally's back in... Whenever I got second, so it must have been 2017. Mm -hmm. um, was it Bally's or was it? Bally's. You sure it wasn't playing Hollywood? You got Bally's. Oh, it was playing Hollywood. Yeah, it was playing Hollywood because I yeah. remember specifically who the TD was. Yeah. Uh, the guy running it was just like a terrible poker room manager. And uh, he was doing a bunch of things wrong, one of which was penalizing anybody who touched their phone. Uh, the phone shit while on the bubble like he mis he misinterpreted the so back then the wsop rule was uh you couldn't be on your phone while a hand was taking place at the table i, okay. I believe don't quote me on that but i think that's what it was okay. and he misinterpreted it and said that if anybody at all on the bubble touches their phone they get a one round penalty wow that's strong and was like trying hard to enforce it and I remember uh, just like tweeting at Jack, uh, myself and one other person, I believe, I want to say Mercer for some reason, but I don't know who it was. Anyway, a couple of us tweeted at Jack and he literally called the fucking guy. Wow. And was like, no, this is not, it's not how it works. this is not it. And the guy had to get on the mic in front of like 200 people and announce that he was just blatantly wrong. Uh, I, respect, which, I respect that. Well, he didn't do it in a way. Oh, I see. He wasn't, he wasn't trying. He was basically backtracking. Uh, and then additionally, when playing down to the final table, um, when we had three tables left, it was like 2.30 in the morning. So we had already been playing for like 14 and a half hours. So there's 27 left. And he goes, uh, the tournament's scheduled to play down to the final table. Stop. It's like, bro, you're the TD. You could just say no. This might be a couple more hours now. Yeah. So he goes, we're going to do a blind poll. If even one person says we play on, we play on because that's what the rules or that's what the structure says. So obviously. Remember when that little fine print says. Uh, yeah, there's an the, asterisk the, the, says tournament director's the, discretion. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously some asshole votes no. And we end up playing cocaine. Yeah, we end up playing until 530 in the morning before reaching oh the five, final table. God, bro. And they like nicely enough push back restart to one. Oh, thank you. From 12 to 1. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's just like... So I, do we think that there should just be hard caps on these times, the games, games? I don't ever want to like tie TD's hands like that because they, they're building structures that are meant to be both casino-friendly and player-friendly. So they're really towing a very fine line. Right. right. So I don't want to be too critical of them. And I always want to give them the leeway to say, yeah. like, you're the expert at this. You should do what you feel is best. But yeah, when they start to take at fourteen hours, yeah, when they tough, when man. they start to take advantage of us and just assume that we're like robots, cows out the slaughter, 
and are willing to just play any amount of time. Like I tweeted that and you would you'd be shocked how many people wrote sick flex on bra or sick, sick brag about cashing, bro. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, you think I give a fuck? I, I want to go to bed. Yeah. So badly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to have to turn around and do this all over again in seven or eight hours and That's play another long day. Too. When, you, when the things drag on, you know, housewarming, day, uh, day 1D, uh, and bags at 2.30 a.m. Yeah. And then 10 a.m. restart. 10 a.m. restart. Yeah. How, how is that normal? Yeah. It, like, like, what? It went 10 a.m. to 2.30 a.m. Right. So, what was that, 14 and a half? More. 15 and a half. 15 and a half. Maybe more. Wait, 10 Wait. to 10 is 12. 10 to 10 is 12. 12 is four to, uh, 14. 2 is 16 and a half hours. That's fucking nuts. It's insane. 16 and a half hours. So, I work two full-time shifts. And then five hours of sleep. And then five hours of sleep, come right back, do it again on a day two when things actually start mattering. Yep. It's like, that's, that's, come on. Uh, yeah, and I guess, like, this is... This is the problem. Like Jack has, has, has personally asked me to, to reach out to him through back channels. And like, I absolutely should be more mindful of that. Like I'm agreeing uh, and apologizing that I do it publicly so often. Yeah. But I think the reason why it ends up happening is because it's my knee jerk response to being so insensitive. Right. It, it, I understand that oversights occur, but it feels like they're happening due to an insensitivity or a lack of thoughtfulness for the player. Right. Right. Like to just schedule a day that's already prefixed 13 hours and then, or 13 and a half hours, and then add or, or over, uh, overlook the fact that there's going to be an hour long bubble and not correct for it or not give your TDs the power to correct for it. It just becomes so frustrating to a point where it's like, yeah, I want to just blast it out there for everyone to see because like this stuff can't keep happening. Yep. And it, it's, it's year over year over year over year. It's like, at the end of the day, it's like I, I want to do everything that I possibly can to make it uh, fair for both sides. And I want to champion for the community, but I also want to support WSOP because I think what they do is fantastic. Yeah. But it's like when it happens year over year well, over remember, year, it's like I'm not being paid to make these corrections. Remember this, Burke. We pushed back from 12 p.m. start to 11 a.m. start for the reason for of not reason. being there at 2.30 in the morning. Correct. And now we're still, now there. We're still there at 2.30 in the morning all the time. Right. And now we're... On a 10 a.m. start. Right. That one's the most a, insane. Right. So it's like, what gives, man? Like, we had the 12 p.m. Everyone was always happy about the 12 p.m. A little bit upset about the late ending, but we were, like, living with it. Now we have 11 a.m. and 10 a.m. starts with still the late ending. So something's got to budge. I think that's a little unfair for the players. But yeah, everyone and, played the And also, side. I think it's, like, an oversight uh, in not understanding fully the, the structure at hand. Like, the argument would be... Well, this is a very big field, 1506 max, and uh, we want to we want to ensure that like day two isn't and day three isn't uh, super cool. Like we don't want three 15 hour days, right? Or three 12 hour days. So like we'll sacrifice day one, play 15 hours that day, and then you'll get back to back 10 hour days. It's like, well, it's a six max, man. You're gonna be down to the final 18 by like dinner break. Yeah, yeah. So. so yeah, right. go ahead. No, no, go, go. I was just going to say, like, day two blew, like, it, it just flew by. Yeah. I, I made it to level three of day two, and uh, well over half the field was already gone. Yeah, there's also just a lot more collisions. Like, you're playing LP versus LP. Like, right. people are going to, like, rip in sixes on you, where, like, people are folding under the gun versus under the gun one nine-handed with sixes. Yeah, and it's like, you know, whoever's 
whoever's actually creating the i don't i don't know the the flow i don't know if jack is both creating and has final say or if he just has final say or whatever the case may be. but whoever's in charge of golden rules in charge the golden ratio <laughs> uh whoever's in charge of of creating these schedules uh you know it, it needs to be there needs to be a certain level of intimacy with the format that's being played right which is why i would never want to do this because I don't know all the games well enough. I can right. never in a million years make you a deuce to seven structure. We got Connie, though. <laughs> got you. Connie's playing. Yeah, he's in there. I want... All right, so let's go over this. Tomorrow's going to be... This is the 1506 max. Massively popular. 50K starting stack. No, tomorrow's 1500... Uh, 1500 monster stack. Monster stack. Which, what did I say? Six max. I wish it was six. I know. <laughs> it's a 1500 monster, 50k starting stack, levels are an hour, late reg is open for 10 levels, and we play a total of 11 levels. Yeah, this is a really good, this will be fine. This is what the 3k structure was as well. Mm -hmm. uh, this will be a very well-run event, but they already dedicated extra days to it. Correct, there's a day four. It's, yeah, it's, so it's it's total of five days. You can mm -hmm. play day 1a and 1b. Um, and they did the same thing with the 3K. They just know that the structure is slightly longer. That's great. That's great. Like, they deserve an applause for that. Like, I'm, I'm being totally genuine. Like, that's a well-thought-out structure. Yeah. We're not going to run into any hiccups. There aren't going to be that many issues. Like, don't get me wrong. The bubble is going to be very long. Yeah. And if we cash on day one, it's going to be a problem. But don't worry. We're probably not going to cash. Right. That it's a deep sense. stack event, right? Like, you'll probably 50K just... 50K hour levels, you're not cashing. Yeah, you'll one. probably just cash day two. Everything's going to be fine. I'm sure I'll complain about the payout structure because <laughs> in these massive fields like this, you just absolutely should flatten out 15% down to 10, pay them all the same. So we don't have this mass exodus where it matters who's getting what card. Hopefully they do that. I don't know if they'll do that. I've suggested a million times in the past. If they don't, I'm going to be annoyed whenever I'm sitting there waiting for all the tables to hold up so yeah. they can catch up to the fucking payouts, but like whatever. It's only frustrating because it can be corrected. It's not frustrating because it happens. <laughs> I'm patient. I'll happily sit through delays when they're necessary. Right. But it's annoying whenever it's completely unnecessary. Nobody cares if they get paid twenty seven hundred or twenty eight fifty. Like no one gives a shit, man. Just pay them all twenty eight hundred and call it a day. Six hundred and ten thousand for. Yeah, it's a good event. That's a good event. Strong. strong enough to get you out of bed. I'm gonna play. That's for sure. I'm gonna. Play. Anybody late reds in this three K six man? I mean, this three K. I've emptied my bullets. You've done. I, you can fire twice. I fired twice. Uh, Chin? Oh, I actually want to... No, I'm not going to play this. But there's one thing, one adjustment I wanted to talk about with the win millions before we leave the topic. Obviously, it'll be brought up when it gets closer. There's only one entry per day. No re-entry. Oh. 10K? How great. Can't wait. One entry per day. It's a so, 10K buy-in? 10K buy-in. 10,400. One entry, one entry per day? One entry per day. How many starting days? Ten? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's... I think... Dude, I think there's two. Stop it. They'll never make this fucking guarantee. There can't be two. Is it three? I don't know. It's not that much, bro. It needs to be six? Oh, no. Oh, I mean... Oh, yay. But I guess. So, obviously, Win Millions was one re-entry per day. And there was two days. Right? Was it two or three? I think it was two. No, it was three. Three? For sure three. Okay, so they probably have three with one entry per day. Not, wait, no re-entry. Oh, wait, wait. I'm over-exaggerating. They only need 1,500, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm not over-exaggerating because five diamonds 
endless. You can just fire. Yeah, that's a big difference, though. Yeah. Like, when Daniel's, like, literally shoving blind and yeah. just re-entering again. Yeah, yeah, but they, they only have one day one there. Yeah, but It's still. kind of comparable, I guess. 1,500 is going to be a challenge, man. An entry per day is strong. I assume that they have a really, really, really strong path to satellite. They must. Like, I would imagine that you're going to see 10% of the field be satellite winners. Otherwise, there's no way in hell. They, that's, it might I mean, even be, that's great, though. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's, it's going to be the best value of the year, for sure. I'm putting away my 30. Well, not the best value, the main event. It might be the best. second best, though. Maybe. Party poker, Party poker Millions comes back this year, I believe. At Bahamar? I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I actually could be wrong. I think I might be wrong. They got me, man. They got me. I'm playing tournaments. Yeah. God, fuck. That's what happens, man. It hurts. Uh, this is our life. Masato's now. out there playing 1020 at Bellagio, man. Yeah. I could just be on a vlog. Instead, I'm here fucking 10 you, big blinds. You play 1020 at the Bellagio? No. There's tournaments. That's right. <laughs> like, I could play 1020 anytime That's of right. the year. I, I want houses. Yeah, I just want to win the 610,000 monster stag. Pay out whoever you want. Just pay me that one. <laughs> I don't care. The golden, whatever. I don't give a fuck about a golden ratio. Yeah. The golden ratio only applies for the middle people. Yeah. First uh, place is good. First place is nice. That's right. All right. We're done, right? Yeah, fuck. we're done. A uh, little bit longer one today. Uh, thank you guys so much for being attentive and watching. As always, please like, subscribe, leave a comment below. Let us know what you think about the WSOP structures this year, about the fucking dark side taking over. Let us know if you play in any home games and if you have any uh, mechanics or guys like Houston Curtis out there who Soto seems real like nice. a mechanic. Nah, Soto seems like a guy who knows a mechanic. I definitely know a couple of mechanics, yeah. bro. They're all Albanian. I spoke about this already. Yeah, you guys have bad reads. You got you to know who's doing the work and who's employing the work. Bro, I thought, I thought that was a dangerous day when those guys got caught. It was like all the Dominicans and all the Albanians. And we're like, you motherfuckers were cheating. <laughs> And the Dominicans were all drug dealers. And I'm like, this is going to get nasty so right so now. So, so was there? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, this shit's going to get nasty, bro. <laughs> I need to go back. Uh, I need to get signed up for corporate America, man. White collar crime is like so much less violent. I couldn't imagine how that moment went. <laughs> bro, it was crazy, bro. Sosa was there for sure. All right. We're I done. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same channel. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment below. As always, thank you guys so much for watching. We're out. Peace.